broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Hey listeners, welcome back. I have a couple quick announcements before we get going. I know, announcements. What's going on? (laughs) You may have noticed a shift in audio quality on Closing the Gap in these upcoming episodes and and in this episode as well. Um, That is because I am happy to announce that we have a new home in the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub's new makerspace, The Mill. And that's located on the Lynn Benton Community College campus in Albany, Oregon. If you're wanting to record your own podcast, you can schedule some time to use our AV lab. And you can do that by emailing mill at lynnbenton.edu. And you can schedule some time to use our studio, a nice quiet space with some nice, you know, some nice quality mics. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's move on to the show. So today we have some of the leaders of GEO, that's Girls Empowerment Engineering and Outreach a student-run organization at Oregon State University. So could you please introduce yourself and uh, give a little bit about the role that you play in GEO? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My name is Claire Coxon. I'm a third-year student at Oregon State University studying environmental engineering. Um, In GEO, Girls Empowerment Engineering and Outreach, um, I serve as one of our co-presidents alongside another member, uh, Sahana Shah, who couldn't make it today, unfortunately. Um, And as co-president, I'm really responsible for helping to lead a lot of the different projects that we have going on in the club and just providing some direction um, in terms of the kinds of initiatives that we're taking on. Um, And I've had a really great time in the club for the past, I guess I've been in the club going on three years now. So I've had a lot of fun um, just being able to be engaged in all the different outreach projects that we have going on. Awesome. (laughs) Hi, I am Kate Williams. I am a second year student studying chemical engineering at Oregon State. And I am fortunate enough to serve in the role as treasurer for GEO. So I get to help make our dreams come to reality when it comes to these awesome outreach events that we do and coordinate to make sure that our budget lines up and we can see things through from start to end. Excellent. It's great to have you guys on. Um, So the listeners might not know what GEO is. Um, I know you gave the acronym just now, um, but if you could give a little bit of an explanation of the exact work that you do, and um, I understand you do some outreach, if you could explain that a little bit. Yeah. Um, So GEO um, is really a a student-run organization at Oregon State that uh, is really working towards providing opportunities for K-12 students, especially girls um, in the community, to get exposed to science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, So we do that through a lot of different STEM camps and STEM night events that we host or participate in, uh, where we engage these students in different fun hands-on activities. Um, So that's really our ultimate goal, is just inspiring these young girls to pursue careers um, and education in STEM. Uh, Could you give some examples of some of the activities that you do at these camps and and STEM nights? Yeah, we are very passionate about activities being very hands-on. So if it's quick, you can discuss the topic, the science topic briefly, and then give them a demonstration where the kids can physically get their hands on something um, has proven to be the most effective and the most fun. So one that we worked with recently was 
completing a circuit through your body. So we had an energy stick where you, when you touched either metal uh, electrode on either end, the electrical current ran through your body. And so you got to light up these little lights and make a little song uh, inside this, what's called an energy stick. Um, and that was just super fun. You could just see the kids' eyes light up when the, when the sound started going. They're like, wow, this is so cool. I did that. And we got to investigate how water is a great uh, conductor and why you shouldn't put your hair dryer in the bathtub. And so we got to have that whole conversation. And recently we're excited to start an activity um, about surface tension, where you get to learn about uh, the surface tension of water and what floats on water and how you can break surface tension. So that's also hands-on activity that we're excited for. Awesome. Is there like a, maybe like a buoyancy or is that? Buoyancy? Buoyancy, yes, thank you. (laughs) A buoyancy um, kind of test as well with the surface tension, or is it just like how to break surface tension and like what it is? Yeah, so when we were writing the lesson plan for it, we were going back and forth a lot between what topic is better to focus on, because if you could imagine trying to keep the attention of a five-year-old to talk about buoyancy or surface tension, Mm -hmm. you kind of got to choose one over the other, even though they're pretty intertwined. So we're focusing on the surface tension aspect. So we're going to have a small bowl with some water in it that we're going to pour pepper on. This also works with cinnamon. Um, And obviously, since that substance is very light, it'll float on the surface of the water. And if you push your finger into the water, nothing will happen. But if you put some soap on your hand or on your finger and then dip your finger again back into the water, the pepper will disperse um, because you are breaking the surface tension. So focused on surface tension. Awesome. so how did GEO get started? Uh, GEO was started just a couple years ago. It's a relatively new student organization um, on the OSU campus. Um, it began back in 2020, um, actually during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it was founded by a couple of College of Engineering students at OSU who are undergrads in our bioengineering program. Um, and really what they noticed is that we had a lot of great affinity organizations that work to support women in engineering, but were specifically aimed at current OSU students. Um, and they wanted to start a club that was focused more on inspiring younger girls, so in that K-12 audience, um, to pursue STEM as well. Um, and so that was really the idea behind GEO, was just providing opportunities for OSU students to get involved in that kind of outreach with younger students. Um, and so when the club started back in 2020, Everything was fully virtual, which was definitely interesting. Um, All of our meetings were on Zoom. Um, So now, in the last couple of years, we've started to transition more to an in-person style. So we've had lots more opportunities for in-person events, which has been really exciting. Excellent. I can imagine going from virtual to in-person has to be a rewarding feeling. Yes. Yeah. It's also just been interesting because when they founded the club and they created all these official documents and plans, um, it was just based on a virtual setup. So we've kind of had to start slowly adjusting things as we become um, more back in person. Um, So like a lot of the initial STEM camps that they hosted were fully online. um, And so we'd actually send supplies out to students and parts of Oregon. We even did one in Hawaii where we actually mailed a bunch of supplies out to these Girl Scouts. Um, And then we did a STEM camp with them over Zoom. So I remember actually sitting in my dorm room at OSU, um, like running through a science activity with my laptop in front of me, trying to explain it to these like five to like eight-year-old girls, which was um, super rewarding, but also a little bit challenging because I couldn't be physically there with them leading them through the activity. For sure. I mean, that seems like a really great challenge in learning how to teach. Yes, yeah, you have to be able to explain very clearly and try to like show on your camera exactly what you're doing step by step and hope that they're following along. Yeah, fortunately we got our fair share of 
being the student, being the, on the recipient end from our own Zoom schooling, that we had a few tips and tricks up our sleeves for when it came to us being the instructors trying to lead an activity. But definitely been super cool being able to transition um, to mostly in person. It's We do still offer our meetings on Zoom just so it's as accessible as possible to individuals interested in joining, but being able to have people walk in the room and say, oh, hey, so-and-so, it's nice to see you, and bounce ideas around in person about what hands-on activities would work, what wouldn't work, and why it wouldn't work uh, is just so much more efficient and much more exciting. Yeah, I can totally agree. I mean, just from my personal work, uh, I find it to be so much easier to communicate and so much uh, just faster to be like, oh, let's do this, let's figure it out, instead of like all the theory and maybe we'll put it into place, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I'm glad to be back in person for sure. Yes, me too. Yeah, I (laughs) echo that for sure. So why should other OSU students join GEO? What kind of opportunities will they have um, by joining you guys in your work? Yeah, we believe that anybody who has a passion for engaging in science, technology, engineering, or math, whether or not you are a girl, has a place in our club. So while our club does start with a G for girls, Um, We believe that if you're interested in STEM, interested in inspiring the next generation of individuals who who will work in STEM and solve our world's problems, you have a place in our club. And if you're inclusive and willing to be creative and get your hands dirty at times, that you'd have a lot to gain um, as a student as well as an instructor and community leader. Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of second what Kate said, we are inclusive of people who identify with all genders um, and people from all majors as well. You don't have to be from a STEM major or from an engineering major to be part of our club. We've got lots of folks from like the College of Science that engage in GEO um, and other departments as well. Awesome. So I would love to know what you both are studying right now and um, successes, struggles that you've faced so far in your careers as students. Yeah, um, as I said a little bit ago, I'm studying environmental engineering right now, which is in our uh, chemical, biological, and environmental engineering department at OSU, the College of Engineering. Um, And I really decided to pursue engineering just because I've always enjoyed math and science and that kind of problem-solving aspect of those fields. Um, And I saw engineering as a way that I could continue to study that um, while also solving problems. Um, And and environmental engineering specifically, I saw had a really clear positive impact on the world just because a lot of what we do as environmental engineers um, is really focused on dealing with different kinds of pollutants and different things that are harmful to the environment. I'm especially interested in things like wastewater treatment, so I'm kind of hoping to get into that field in the future. Um, As far as struggles and things like that go, um, as a student at OSU, um, it's a really, really welcoming environment in my experience uh, for the most part, but something that I do notice in some of my classes is that I'll walk in and uh, realize that there are very few women there. Um, That's not always true, but there are certain engineering classes, like my statics class, where I walked in and I said to myself, you know, there's 100 people in this room and 10 of them are women. Um, And so that is something that does hit me from time to time and is a little bit, um, just something that I am a little bit aware of, I would say. Um, And so I think for me, just finding communities where I'm interacting with other women in STEM has been really powerful. So that's things like the Society of Women Engineers at OSU. Um, A lot of women in GEO as well have been really impactful to me just to see other women that are pursuing the same kinds of things that I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am studying chemical engineering in my second year. So I've been able to look up to people like Claire and other individuals (laughs) in our club who take a, have a pretty similar course uh, layout as 
as what I have right now. So just being able to compare like, oh, I'm going to have this professor for physics. Should I try and avoid them? Or what's your experience like, which has been super helpful. Um, and coming back to why I decided to go into chemical engineering, I actually entered Oregon State in the food science and technology department because I've always had a strong passion for food growing up and its ability to bring people together. And with our ever-growing world population, now over 8 billion, everybody is always going to need to eat. And we could probably sit here and agree that the way we're currently feeding everybody is not very sustainable. There is an enormous amount of waste that is kind of closed and hidden behind the curtain that if people knew would be extremely alarming. So I entered the food science and technology department hoping to make a change there. Got about halfway through my first year and decided to pivot after realizing I could probably make a larger change and a greater change in the food industry and beyond with a degree that's essentially in problem solving. So I switched to chemical engineering, haven't looked back except for when I'm looking at the, the next few years of courses I'm going to have to take. But I think it'll all be worth it because while you're studying engineering, it's very difficult and it's in some senses you put your head in the books and you meet a community of whoever it, whoever it may be in your classes and you work on your assignments together. But I think that once you've graduated, you've really shown individuals and just shown the world that you have the drive or you have what it takes to be a problem solver and you have put in so many hundreds of hours to learning yourself about yourself and learning how you learn and learning about the world that you just have what it takes to go on and be a efficient problem solver. As for struggles, I'd have to echo what Claire said in terms of walking into a class and having it fill a whole lecture hall and maybe 10% or less are women. So in some senses that makes it more difficult, but in some senses it makes it more motivating because being a minority, I want to encourage other minorities to push through the struggles that they're having and just know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Totally. Yeah. I feel like really seeing it to be it um, is important sometimes. Seeing that light at the end of the tunnel, I feel like if you feel like you're like the only person like you in a space it can be really hard to persevere after a while, especially in those hard times, you know, you're getting into your like third year and like, this is like really tough and it's been tough for quite a while now. Do I still want to do this? And, uh, you know, I think having um, that support that you can see even just someone that went before you is super important. Um, do you have any examples of people like that, that you've seen go before you that have been inspiring on this journey? My parents are both professionally trained pharmacists. There's always lots of medical terms being thrown around in my household growing up, um, which definitely encouraged me and got me excited about STEM. Um, but I really have to give a big shout out to my high school chemistry teacher who got me very excited about the endless possibilities when it comes to chemistry. Um, and so during the times that I've been bogged down in my engineering side of my degree, I've been able to look to the chemistry side and get excited. Um, get excited about the chemistry side of things because as nerdy as it may sound, I really like organic chemistry and the chemistry side of my degree. So yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Yeah. I think role models are definitely so important for people, especially when you're pursuing something like an engineering degree, which is challenging for sure at times. Um, and so that's something we're definitely aware of as a club. And so something we try to do is provide opportunities for students to connect with mentors and see those role models. Um, 
So something we've done in the past is brought in guest speakers. Um, for example, we brought in Jill Lewis, who's an OSU graduate from our mechanical engineering department. Um, she currently works as an engineer at SpaceX, um, designing rockets and all kinds of super cool yes. things. Um, and so that was something that was really powerful for our members was to bring her in and have her actually speak to us as a club. And she talked about things like mentorship um, and her experiences as a woman in STEM, especially professionally and just sort of what that looks like and what um, we should expect as women and how to navigate that world. Um, so I think, yeah, having those opportunities to engage with role models and see those role models is really important and powerful. Yeah, that really being able to attend and ask questions to and learn from a role model who's been in my shoes or in shoes of a similar size back in the day and being able to realize that they saw the end of the light at the tunnel or the, the light at the end of the tunnel and made it through and are glad that they did so and would do so again has been just so beyond encouraging. That's wonderful. Uh, so is the club working on anything, any big projects in the wings? Um, a couple of our members, our officers in the outreach coordinator position are working on um, actually putting together a larger scale science fair style event that'll be happening spring term. Um, we don't have finalized dates for that yet, um, but we can get those to you when we do, because um, awesome. we'd love to advertise that. Um, our goal for that is to really connect with a lot of people in the Corvallis um, and Albany, community in the surrounding areas um, to bring in a lot of different students to engage in that activity. So that's kind of in the works right now. I don't know if you want to talk about some yeah. other events. Yeah, that would be a big culminating event for our club in the spring. But between now and then, we've been focusing on getting our members out to just an evening long uh, STEM outreach night. So they're oftentimes hosted at a local elementary K through eight or middle school in the area. And so being able to have several activities meaning an informational poster as well as the knowledge of how to run the activity and the materials required at the ready so we can get a phone call on a Monday and say, hey, we need representatives to hold a table on a Wednesday and be able to supply everything we need for that is just makes our lives easier. So kind of in the planning stages right now for some, some more hands-on activities that we think would go over well with a younger versus an older audience and how to tailor it for who we're teaching. Um, yeah, so because planning, having everything planned out to a T just makes our lives go easier when it comes time to execute the activity as, as do most things in life. For sure, for sure. So uh, what I'm hearing is that um, a local teacher could call you up and be like, hey, I want you to lead this program with my middle school students and you could come out and lead a program with them. I think I would say that is the goal. Yeah, we'd like to be able to connect with folks like that and just uh, go out and engage with classes and things like that. We're working on a connection right now with a class at Corvallis High School where we're hoping to go out and do a STEM camp um, with that specific classroom of students. Um, that'll be happening, I think, in April. So that's something we've got going on as well. Um, so yeah, we definitely are interested in also engaging with elementary schools, middle schools, high schools in the area. Yeah, having a regular schedule or regular list of teachers in the area, I think, would be like the end goal of the club and just to sustain that to get as many kids as well as Oregon State students engaged. And so now is our time to network and build those relationships to get that regular list so we can receive calls and answer the calls when, when they come in. Epic, that's really cool. Are you guys uh, planning on doing programming throughout the summer as well or just during the school year? Um, in the past, we haven't done much over the summer just because we don't have many members in the Corvallis area. Um, but I think as we grow as a club and start to have more people um, and just 
uh, greater resources and things like that, that is something that we'll look towards doing more as yeah. summer activities as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough with a student-run organization of full-time students who are here September to June and then often have an internship or choose to summer outside of Corvallis. So um, not, not sure about that. Maybe in the long term, once we have our feet under ourselves a little bit more, but that would definitely be exciting. Mm-hmm. Would you like to share with the audience how local, uh, how local teachers could get a hold of you to have you come to their classrooms? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got a couple different ways people can contact us. Um, one that I'll kind of just plug really quick is our Instagram account, awesome. uh, which is geo underscore club. That's G-E-E-O underscore club. Um, but probably the best way for a teacher or somebody else in the community to contact us is just by email. Um, you can find all those emails on our OSU website if you just search for the geo club um, or geo club at gmail.com. That's our email if anyone wants to contact us. Say it one more time. Geo Club, G E E O Club at gmail.com. Yeah. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> awesome. I'm really glad we did that second round uh, for listeners. I We did the whole podcast before and we just had to record it because I forgot to hit record or it turned off. It was probably me. Anyway, it was really nice having you both out. I appreciate you coming to the mill space to record um, this episode of Closing the Gap. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, we really love the mission of your of your work here and being able to be involved has been a joy. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's been super fun chatting about geo and STEM and all of that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at midvalleystem.org. Until next time, keep progressing.